Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. Esther Boykin is a DC-based psychotherapist. She runs a group psychotherapy practice. She's also on uh, frequently DC morning television, so you may know her name. And she has been one of the longest Sidewalk Talk chapter leaders outside of our original core group in California. And I'm proud to say a close personal friend. And for this month, we're going to feature many of our Sidewalk Talk leaders so that you can get a bird's eye view of who these folks are that sit out on the sidewalk or bring teams of people to sit out on the sidewalk. And it is a time of year where we start thinking about supporting nonprofits. So keep us in mind as you consider that if we can support all of our 92 chapter leaders that we now have because we've doubled in size since last year at this time, doubled. And if we could get all 92 chapter leaders listening monthly, that is at minimum 11,000 people that we would be listening to monthly around the globe. Imagine the ripple effects of that. So mark your calendars. Giving Tuesday is on December 3rd. And enjoy this conversation with one of our earliest city leaders outside of California, Esther Boykin. I am really excited to get to have this conversation with you because here we've gotten to know each other. You know, I still actually have fond memories of when you called me on the telephone. Well, you emailed me and then I called you. And then mm-hmm. you were scrappy enough to say, hey, I'm, I'm touring colleges with my daughter. I'm going to be in San Francisco. Do you want to just meet in person? <laughs> <laughs> and this is how this whole journey began. So folks, this is Esther Boykin, who it feels awkward to interview you because we've become friends. So it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit weird, but I like it. <laughs> um, in 2016 uh, is, is when you kind of looked me up. So tell me, do you even remember how you heard about Sidewalk Talk? I actually do. You, Sidewalk Talk is one of like three like pivotal, pivotal relationships where it's both a professional relationship and I became friends with people that started on Twitter. Twitter? That's- yeah, that's no where kidding. I saw, that is where I first saw Sidewalk Talk. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then Googled it and found the website and emailed you. And yeah, what are they, you know, the rest is history, right? You must have really liked us because we were even scrappier then than we are now. So bravo to you. I did. <laughs> so tell everyone who, a little bit about Esther Boykin and, and who you are and what you do in the world. Cause you don't just do sidewalk talk and most people here at sidewalk talk are kind of active people. Tell, tell us a little bit about your, your passions. 
Sure. So I, I think first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a therapist. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I run a private practice called Group Therapy Associates in the D.C. area. Um, I am always doing a million things, which is part of the reason I think you and I are friends. I think we relate <laughs> to the, like, I'm passionate about 15 things and I like to do them all. Um, I would say over the last year, probably the thing I'm most passionate about uh, besides Sidewalk Talk is uh, a project called that I run called Therapy is Not a Dirty Word, which yeah. is, I like to think of is like the non-clinical arm of everything that I do um, in my private practice. So we do dinners and we do happy hours and we have a podcast and but really all about just sort of helping, I like to think of it as a two-way street, helping therapists get better at connecting with people outside their offices, but also helping people feel like they can connect to therapists in ways that are a little less intimidating and, you know, just kind of changing the way we perceive therapy as this, um, I think sometimes it's like a very serious clinical place. And it is that sometimes, but it's also, it's, I think it should also be warm and inviting and a place where people feel like they're being held. So I get to do mm. lots of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I can already imagine. I mean, there's a thread line to that in Sidewalk Talk too. I imagine that was part yes. of what, what brought you to Sidewalk Talk because in the, in the early days, it was all therapists that were out listening. It wasn't uh, folks that were unlicensed. So I yeah. imagine that's part of it. What do you do at Sidewalk Talk? What's your role here? I am the DC area city leader. So... And do you know officially what you, you know, who you, who you are in the organization? You know that you're the first city leader that we had beyond our, that first month that we started. Oh, yes. Well, I think I, I think I have no knew in the back of my head that I was like the first East Coast city leader, but I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Yourself and, Austin, and someone in Austin had come on board. We had LA and we had... Um, San Francisco and LA came on board. It was attached to a film project, but you two were the first ones that contacted us. Say, Hey, I want to bring this to my community. You guys, it's kind of your fault actually that sidewalk talk is, is a thing is what I'm saying. Okay. You're, you're kind of the reason that this project is as big as it is because you wanted to bring it all the way out there to the East coast. So everyone that's listening, you have Esther Boykin to, to blame <laughs> or to celebrate or to thank. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with thinking, thinking, cause it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get brass tacks here because I, you know, we do want to have an impact and there's a way in which I think sometimes folks can, can think that listening on a sidewalk is a really weird thing. So I'd like to hear, yes. first of all, why do, why, why do this? Why do you, why do you listen? Oh, I'm going to get like very sappy, which I feel like to know me is to know that that's not, it's who I am, but not always what I, how I say things. But I listen because, because I believe being heard feels like love. And I think our communities need way more of that in the, in our experiences. Yeah. It feels yeah. like there's a lot less of that going around these days. It feels like I don't experience as much love. I feel probably the number one thing I feel is fear. Yes. Right? Fear about paying the bills, fear about politics, fear about the environment. I don't yeah. think love is the centerpiece of much. I don't either. And I think that's so much of 
And I think when fear is the centerpiece, we disconnect, yeah. you know, in a sense, you know, to feel like we're protecting ourselves or because it's too scary or, you know, for any number of reasons. But I think fear leads to so much disconnection from, from the people we care about, from our communities, and I think ultimately from ourselves. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, for me, the list, listening and its, its connection to, to love um, just feels like what we need much more of um, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to invite you to think about something with me because you, you do this kind of cool connecting project with Therapy's Not a Dirty Word, which is in the safe confines of a nice restaurant or a, a fancy venue. And then sidewalk talk is the opposite of that. It's scrappy and camping chairs mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. What might be valuable about sitting out in public spaces? Like what, what have you learned or what has been interesting to you about sitting right out there on the street? I think sitting out on the street, I think what I find maybe most valuable is that it prevents us from in some ways, self-selecting the people we want to listen to or talk to. Because even in, you know, like you said, like even in the events that I host, right, like it's framed in a particular way and I market it in a particular way and people see me. Like on the sidewalk, it's really about saying, I'm open to listening to anyone who, because we're just both here in this community. I don't know what you think politically. I don't know what your religious beliefs are. I don't know what your background is, but I'm willing to hear some of that if you're willing to share it. And I think to me, that's been some of the most kind of powerful experiences is really listening to people who, who's when they tell me parts of their story, I think we would never cross paths except that I'm sitting here today. Hmm. I would have never know this person's story. And I think there's always something in people's story that, um, there's just, even if it's just that moment of, of connection, of, of being, of recognizing that even when we don't know people, even when we're super different, that there is a part of us that is still connected. Mm. Even if yeah. we don't know each other, there's still a part of us that's still connected. I'm going to get a little philosophical with you. What do we lose as humans when we forget that? <laughs> when we forget that the, even though we don't necessarily personally know each other, if we forget that there's a part of us that's still connected, what does this potentially mean for our mental health, for our pocketbook, for our <laughs> politics, for our yeah. planet? You know, like what happens when we forget that we're connected to all these strangers walking around? I think, I mean, I think the thing we lose most is ourselves, right? Like mm. part is the sense of, part of how we define who we are in the world is about our connection to other people. Mm. Um, and so I think we, I think in terms of certainly from a mental health standpoint, I think we, for me, it goes back to that feeling of disconnection, being disconnected from our own emotional experiences, being feeling as though we are not part of a larger collective. And I think that in kind of modern times, definitely, I think, particularly in America, we forget that. We, we discount the importance of belonging um, to, to literally everything. You know, when you feel as though you're part of something bigger, um, you know, there's less loneliness. I think we, we feel more purpose in life. Um, 
yeah, we, we're more thoughtful about the choices we make. And I think that then trickles into everything else, mm. politics and mm. healthcare and environment and, you know, all kinds of, you know, these sort of bigger things. And I think we keep asking like, oh, well, how do we fix these issues or how do mm. we change the way we do it? And I think, um, and that's probably a little bit of my therapist bias. That's part of the reason I became a therapist is I believe that it's in our, it's in our intimate connections and like that we can expand the circle of people that we notice our connection to. And, and that changes the way we operate in the world. Mm. So I'm hearing there's this inner connection and outer connection that leads to a greater sense of meaning and belonging that then makes us more intentional with what we, what, what choices we make in our life. Yeah. Mm. I was taking notes while I was listening to you so I could listen more deeply. <laughs> That's really beautiful, though. I think that's right. I think that's right on the money. Um, I'm curious, you know what, the thing that, that always lights me up is when I get to hear from other folks that have listened in all different places around the world, like even I, I just listened for the first time in my, my new home city um, on Monday night, and I didn't know what any of the listeners were, were sharing or hearing. And to hear some of the some of the stories that they heard, or hear a little bit about what it was like for them, is so enriching for me. Like I almost feel connected just from hearing it all third party. And so I'm curious, what's been maybe your most memorable moment, either being a leader or listening on the sidewalk? What has been the most memorable? Is there a story that you can share? Most memorable. I've I've had some really in the last maybe a month or two, I've had some really kind of just powerful stories. But I think most memorable was maybe two years ago. Um, I was listening. It was a young woman, I don't know, maybe in her early 20s. And, you know, she was like, oh, this is really cool. And, she, you know, she talked about all kinds of just, uh, I hate to say mundane, but sort of mundane things, right? Like just kind of, it was like chit chat. Um, and then we were sort of wrapping up and she was like, yeah, well, maybe next time I will talk to you about this mission trip I went on. And I said, sure. You know, I kind of talked about, you know, we'll be back. And I said, I still have a few minutes if you want to tell me now. And she just told me about, she told me a lot of things that were very moving about her experience of being um, overseas in an area where there was a lot of refugees and um, and it was at a time where there was a lot of political discussion about it. I think what was most memorable for me, aside from her actual experiences and what she shared, was at the end that she thanked me for listening. And she said, it was one of the most life transforming experiences, but I've, I haven't talked about it in over a year. Because every time I would bring it up, people wanted to talk about the politics of it, the economics of it, like they wanted it to be an issue. She's like, this is the first time in over a year that I talked about it and it was just about the people and like what it was like to be part of that community mm. and to experience, you know, their pain and their joy. And, and like, it was just about the people. And that, that always stuck with me mm. in terms of thinking about like, that's, I think that's part of what we're doing in our listening is going like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots to think about. There's lots to be philosophical about and, and to kind of try to 
figure out, I don't know, problem solve issues, but what it means for someone to just feel like they're being heard and it's just about the people. Hmm. And so sometimes I tell, I talk to volunteers about that. Like our listening is about the person. It's, hmm. it's not about their story. It's not about fixing. It's not about, you know, all of these other things that sometimes we make things about. It's like, it's just about the people who show up. Yeah. So why would this even be important in the world? Why would listening in a way to make it about people and be important? Some people think it's kind of a cute thing. You know? Yeah. I get that sometimes too. DC has its own, has its own interesting dynamic neighborhood to neighborhood around that. But I think, I mean, everything we do is about people. I, I think we like to sort of, you know, society sometimes likes to pretend like it's not or that somehow we need to distance ourselves from emotion and from personal story in order to make these big important decisions or policies. And really the whole point of all of the things that we do, the systems, the structures, is about should be about people. It is about people. And so the more we distance ourselves, the more um, disconnect we have from really understanding people's experiences, how can you make policy that's helpful? How can you make decisions about whether it's global policy, you know, national, you know, I don't know, decisions at your elementary school down the street, if you don't know people, if you're not interested in, in personal stories. Hmm. Yeah. So to me, what I'm hearing you say is that by centering connection in the stories of people, that we're more likely to make decisions that do right by all those people that we've been mm -hmm. connecting with. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it broadens our worldview. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it's, you know, this episode is going to air during the month of November, which to all of our listeners, to, to mark your calendars, December 3rd is Giving Tuesday, and you will be getting some information. And we hope this story from Esther is just another reminder why this work is important. We're provoking out there on the sidewalk to remind folks that we can widen our embrace to people's stories that are really different than we are. And like what Esther said, that when we do, when we belong to something larger than ourselves, then we're more intentional with how we make choices or how we act or how we intervene on behalf of others. And I think that that's, it's the place that we start. It's so much nicer to do right by others when it comes from the heart, right? It comes from story mm -hmm. and comes from knowing each other. I am so grateful that you've been here for, for this long and I'm, you know, I say this to you anyway, I don't need to say it on a podcast, but I am really grateful <laughs> that we're, we're still friends and that I consider you one of my new close girlfriends. So you're one of the people I call when stuff ain't good in my life. So uh, thanks for listening to me often and many times. Well, thank you for doing the same. And thank you for being a, such a good model. I mean, the feeling is totally mutual. And I do, I genuinely feel like I'm a, both a better listener, but I think also I've gotten better at really sharing myself with the people I care about. And I credit you with some of that growth. 
with a lot of that growth, to be honest. You're very good at that. You mean you're more vulnerable because of me? I'm more vulnerable because of you. Sometimes I dislike that. Because <laughs> you know that's. I, I like know you do. Honest. <laughs> I know. I was kind of um, going to tease you because you know the difference in this interview. You start a lot of your sentences with "I think," mm-hmm. and I start mine with "I feel." And yeah. I just had to have a little chuckle about that as, as we were talking. I'm like, oh, that's, that's totally Esther and Tracy right there. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm grateful for the, the work that you do. Um, not just with Sidewalk Talk, but definitely with Sidewalk Talk. And, and also for, yeah, being, it's so strange and um, lovely to be, as close friends as I, as we've become in just a few years and really just because of this, which I feel like that in and of itself is like a testament to what sidewalk talk is really about. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of friendships that are formed inside this organization. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day and with the cold to come talk with me. I appreciate it. And um, please come visit at Christmas time. (laughs) just make that plug now just putting it out there okay all right all right Uh, all right i'm gonna commit to sometime in the next six months all right all right right. i'll be out there (laughs) i guess i'll have to accept that all right onward have a good one you too Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.